0: This is podcast number 494, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach
1: Atlantic University in Florida.
2: Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wiednopolis.
3: Hi, this is Sun, a costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles.
4: Hey, this is Peter. I live in Hollywood, and I write for Why So Blue?
0: All right, let's start off with the news. First up, I have that Kaylee Cuoco will play Doris Day in a limited series for, it said Warner Brothers Media, but I'm assuming that's HBO Max. Um, Outlander has been renewed for season seven, and I was like, Outlander's still on? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds has started production, and it has added five new cast members, and they, have a little, they did a little video introducing everybody to the new cast and talking about going into production. But that means how many Star Treks are there going to be? All Boy. of them. There will be all of them.
2: <laughs> who's in it? twenty four hours of Star Trek? Just whenever you turn on your TV, it will be there.
0: Uh, they want they
1: want fifty two new weeks of Star Trek. That's the ultimate. Goal. Yeah, they
0: they want to have it for the whole year. So we have Michelle Yeoh's series. We've got Strange New Worlds. We've got Picard, and then we have Discovery. So right now we're at four <laughs> plus the animated series.
1: Lower new- lower decks and Prodigy on Nickelodeon.
0: Uh, who's in Strange New World? Uh, it's uh, it's about the 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 years that Captain Pike is in command of the Enterprise. So uh, right, okay. it's it's those Pike, guys.
1: Spock and number one.
0: Right, it's basically
1: it. the show Gene Rodberry created in nineteen 1960- sixty, whatever. And the network said, "No, you can't have a woman as second in command. That's crazy talk." right. Right. <laughs>
0: So, okay, so next piece of news I have is that uh, Kim's Convenience will end with the current season. Ooh. It, yes. Central, like Park has been, Central Park has been renewed for Season 3. Doom Patrol Season 3 has cast Michelle Gomez as Ma- Madame Rouge. Um, Wild Cards by George R. R. Martin has been moved from Hulu to Beyond Peacock. And for those of you who don't know, I read the Wild Card series. And it's basically an anthology of superheroes in, like, a post-apocalyptic-y world. Like, it's very gritty. It's, like, even grittier than, at least in the books, it was even grittier than, like, The Boys. boys? It's more more than that. That's gritty. It's really, but this was also written, this was written... 20 years ago and it was just like shocking oh, so he I was... may
2: have finished it by now <laughs> no but it's an
0: it's an anthology it's an anthology so it's not all just like one long story exactly so what it is is each it, it, the, each book has about 10 short stories and each short story is about a different superhero and then if you read book two you might have another adventure by the superhero those in the first book that's just a short story so it's a that's kind of how it was conceived. Um, and it, it was good. I really like, like, reading wild cards is what got me to read Game of Thrones. So I was reading wow. his wild card series first. And then I was like, oh, what else is this George R. Martin guy working on? And then I started reading that. So I'm cautiously excited about it. Uh, and I can't remember there's one of the superheroes that' was really my favorite and now I can't remember because it's been so long since I read those books but anyway I'm excited um, Josh Holloway is the star in a show called Duster on HBO Max that is by J, that is being produced by JJ Abrams so that is their lost reunion um, but I'm not sure what Duster is but I like Josh Holloway I, I, overall I, I guess uh, huh Set in the 1970s Southwest he's a
1: getaway driver for a growing crime syndicate
0: Hmm, yeah, I'm probably
1: not going to watch that. All <laughs> right, Tom, your news. Okay, at Amazon, the boys' spinoff is nearing a series order, and they've cast Lizzie Broadway and Jazz Sinclair as two of the Supers who were in Academy for training up-and-coming super... Everybody's doing that these days. Yeah, uh, Paul, Bet- Paul Bettany and Claire Foy will headline a Very British Scandal limited series. Uh, Apple TV Plus has cast four indigenous actors, including Tantu Cardinal from Stumptown, for Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which stars Leo DiCaprio. Imagine Entertainment has signed a first-look deal with Apple Studios, which is a big deal because they've been at Universal for a long time. Um, CBS renewed The Equalizer for Season 2. Disney Plus has topped 100 million subscribers worldwide. FX has ordered a limited series adaptation of Taffy brodesser Ackner's. Fleischman is in trouble, and she's going to write next. executive produce it. Sarah Timberland, Timberman, Carl Beverly, and Susanna Grant are going to join her as executive producers. HBO Max is prepping a cheaper plan with ads to launch in June. There will be no ads in HBO Originals that didn't have ads, but there will also be no access to new theatrical releases. Uh, NBC has announced that America Ferrera is returning for the one-hour Superstore finale. Netflix has cast Imani Lewis and Sarah Catherine Hook to star in the YA vampir- vampire series First Kill. Peacock has announced that um, the Robert Langdon drama which Ashley, with Ashley Zuckerman has moved from NBC with a series order. It's based on the Lost Symbol. Basically, it's the Da Vinci Code prequel series and, and will also feature Eddie Izzard and Rick Gomez. Uh, Decoding Fanning will join Andrew Scott in Showtime's Ripley, and USA has announced that Queen of the South will end with Season 5.
0: Okay, then. Uh, Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk Snowpiercer, and I am, once again this week, not caught up because that show, just like, I have to be in the right mindset to watch the show. Uh, It's it's so good once I start watching it, but then making myself hit the play button is like a thing,
2: but you guys go ahead. Talk. I, the, first of all, I, it, it's, it's, it's a shame that you missed the show because basically what we're getting back to is all the stuff that was going on on Snowpiercer while Melanie was off doing her thing, you know, at the, uh, the, the research station. And so we're finding out, you know, what, what exactly led up to her being passed by and, you know, things are starting to, to go really bad and really wrong. And um, as we knew th- it I, would, I, as we knew it would, you know, um, we had seen before that all the brakemen had been, had been uh, killed. And now we're investigating who did it. And in the course of the show, we find out. And I, I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone who does this podcast because we were already talking about how dodgy the, the pastor seemed. Seriously and, he comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I and, and and I don't uh, trust him. <laughs> exactly. He just he was he seemed too nice and too out of place. And really the thing that that clinched it for me was when he sat down with with uh, Till and tried essentially turning her against Le- Layton. And at that point, I went that's him.
3: And <laughs> sure enough
2: in in this in this episode All Roads Lead to to the Priest and what that's I, I mean you know you're you, you you were talking about how hard to watch the show is his attempt to make sure that he doesn't give away any secrets is another example of you know hardcore ew on this show um it doesn't work out the way he plans but um still you know the the attempt to freeze his head to death uh, yeah it's it's you know using a bag and a hose um it really it really is not one of those things that you particularly want to see if maybe you're having dinner i feel um, like there's got to be an easier way to kill yourself than that it, well on snowpiercer maybe not you know yeah. I, I don't know you go with what's available you know what works but uh we had that going on and we also caught up with with miss audrey because there was the question at the end did she stay because she's she's you know still doing Under her own thing undercover or is yeah is she or is she really you know Uh, still an acolyte of Wilfred, and uh, in this episode you still don't know because it (laughs) seems like she's really you know gone full Wilford here and um, we discover that Kenny who we thought committed suicide Kevin Kevin Kevin. Kevin. I'm sorry it's I always think Kenny because you know they die so often but um, uh, Kevin who we thought died in the in the bathtub it turns out is still very much alive and is basically being tortured by by Wilford, and he's shot so in the head. Oh my! Oh my! God. Oh, he's he's gone. He's gone. I'm everything. Everything from the neck up is just blown. Um, he is gone, gone, gone. And Wilford apparently still needs him. Um, a bit, a, apparently Wilford did to him what he did to Audrey, which was force them to commit suicide and then save them at the last second. And and Kevin did not react as well and so he sends in audrey to make him useful again essentially and she does her magic it seems um and and he becomes once again a a devoted acolyte or it seems so to wilford but you gotta you gotta wonder that if there's some kind of double cross there somewhere because we don't see we see parts of of her little interrogation and and mind control of it but we there are huge chunks that we miss so i you know i'm not entirely sold on the the idea that she is on wilford's side um Uh, i think there's a possibility
0: okay tom your thoughts Uh, real quick before we move on yeah
2: thank
1: thankfully leighton and ruth have figured out that because she missed she did not come back we have to assume she's compromised so they're not depending on her. But man, that whole sequence, Libya, that was, it was, I almost texted y'all. That was, it was nasty. It was just.
0: Because <laughs> See, this is why I don't watch Snowpiercer all that. I have is, to make myself watch it. A, it is a, it is messed I, I, up, but
2: in a good way.
1: Psychological predator. And it's just the brainwashing. And he has the dude lick his slippers. Ew. <laughs> Seriously. He, oh, so and Leighton's so Layton's busy trying to quell this, you know, insurrection that uh, that the priest was leading. Oh, and at the end of the episode, they've sent out some kind of signal with red lights that they're ready for him to take over.
2: Of course they yeah. are. Well, so, we find out we find out because of of the uh, the button that was left over. It gets traced back to this little old Russian lady who's running like this this pawn shop thing on on snowpiercer and she apparently knows late uh, not late uh, Wilford from way back and you know is insistent that he's very religious and he always lit these little red candles um, when she knew him so somehow that becomes associated that's a symbol of Wilford and anyone willing to be with him so at the very end and it's actually a gorgeous shot and it's beautifully done they go through what they call uh, the Tibetan roundabout and it's they, they there's the, like this, this huge circle of track that goes through this canyon and it just starts at the, big, the top and ke- keeps winding down and that's how they turn around so for the first time ever you get to see the entire length of the train and just by going oh, all these these and you you know it's it's amazing when you see it because it's it's very well done um but then, but then you see all, see all the, the red, red lights, lights. Yes. yeah and that's it's it's not too terribly good now i want to do one more call out because they do one great thing with the episode um ruth really comes into her own in this episode she she makes a, a decision absolutely that she is on Leighton's side that she is on the train's side really she is not at all Wilford's girl like she was once before and she actually is, is tremendously guilty and, 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 you know, really weighed down by the things that she used to do. And what does this tour is when she comes across that, you know, everybody goes crazy on the train and they have to hide in the medical lab. And one of the people in there is the little girl whose mother she whose arm she froze in the very first episode and who died as a of her wounds as a result and this girl is terrified of her absolutely i mean she's the monster in the closet and she she suddenly realizes how just what she did and what the 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 um, the fallout of the things she used to do and she later has to to track down the girl who runs out in the middle of this mob and find her and bring her back safely and the conversation between the two of them is absolutely brilliant and it, it, it just kind of changes your your opinion of of Ruth in a big way it's a great it's a great episode for Ruth all right everything Allison said
0: <laughs> all right let's wrap that up so I guess you guys are giving it a thumbs up with a uh, oh, side yeah. of you um next up um <laughs> a severed thumb next up we're going to talk about the flash or tom is uh you said you're going to do a public service announcement about the flash
1: (laughs) yes this show is no longer it is barely watchable they have kept iris west allen in mirror world i did an episode count it is literally going to end up being like 12 to 13 episodes that's half a season It's over half. It's
2: over a season. It's It's it started last season and it's into this season.
1: And it looks like she's gonna get out, but this is episode three of the new season. They should have done whatever needed to be done to get her
0: the frick out of there because it she was already in there too long last season. Well, the problem is what you have to remember with COVID; those first three episodes are probably already shot from last season. But
1: but here's the here's the problem. She was in oh. Elongated Man is gone. I mean, he got fired. Right. They wrote him out, oh, no problem.
0: No yeah, I know, but they had to reshoot. Yes, they had to. There's a difference between, like, they probably had to reshoot a couple of scenes to get him out. But I'm telling you, the at least three to four episodes were already shot,
1: is my they point. Well, the thing is, she's been in there since the first post-crisis episode last season.
0: Yes, that was it's too ridiculous. long. It's
1: ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's just like, everything we haven't liked about The Flash, it's just like, Oh my gosh it's just bad I, I, I don't like watch stuff but man I'm not enjoying this
2: okay. I gave I made I made a promise to myself actually last season not to watch this season and I broke it for the season premiere. I don't know why I guess because there's so little on and i I, I regretted that choice because I was in there just long enough to watch them kill off all the wells. And oh. that was the only reason that I was even tuning in at all is because you know no I really no more wells, I, no all more wells. Well, supposedly of, he's coming back again, but in I, the I ten,
1: in the you know, tag
2: of the episode
1: because of crisis yeah. over the graves over the grave of the real Harrison Wells, we get the real Harrison Wells.
0: So yes, okay, so which Harrison Wells? Are we it's first it's season? It's are we saying
2: first season Harrison Wells? No.
1: This is the real one who Thawne killed and stole his identity. Oh! He grows
2: sort of like a magical tree out of his own grave, which was so bizarre. And it's like, how do you even explain that? And also, you know, part of what was fun about the character and that gave Tom Cavanaugh so much to do on the show was playing multiple iterations of that character. That was, I have that to say, fun.
0: I did not like that, actually, because it depends See, on I which did.
2: iteration... His French iteration was terrible
0: because he had a terrible well, French true. accent. Okay.
1: Sherlock. Oh my
0: Sherlock God! Shoot was, me was now. Amazing. It was terrible. There's,
2: uh, there's, you know, there were a lot of like the 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 second world incarnation of him. I really like the the German incarnation. I mean, <laughs> did not like the German. Oh, anytime god. he had
0: to have an accent, I did not like it. You missed the episode
1: where Barry got to channel the different Wells. That was a oh god. A, that was a special. What's the bottom ring of hell in Dante called? <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: let's wrap that this up. That circle, yeah, let's, yeah, yes, okay, yes. Let's but, wrap this but, up. Yeah, it's it's just you. So don't want to watch this. It's 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 just it's beyond dumb. You, you you hate yourself for watching it while you're watching it. You feel you feel yourself getting dumber while you're watching it. All um, right,
0: well, yeah, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to another Berlanti show, which we actually all like, which is Superman and Lois. Lois. Uh, so the third episode. What I really like about this episode is that it focuses on the boys. It focuses on Jonathan and J- Jordan, and Jordan, but in a way that really makes me happy because they very, they very easily could have made uh, Jonathan just jealous, just the jealous twin of every, like because Jordan gets the powers. Now Jordan's on the football team and has taken his glory, and he didn't stay as a star football player at his old school. Because he sacrificed for Jordan, and now this is how... Like, they it was such an easy route to make him just, you know, kind of a jerk. But kind of, you know, you'd understand why. And they chose to do something else, which I was really impressed. I thought that was a really good choice. To have him just be... Still be supportive and understanding. And be a good brother. So, I I give them props for that.
1: He got the... He got Clark's Boy Scout nature. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Peter, go ahead. Why don't you talk about it? Because we had to convince you to watch uh, Superman. Yeah, I want to hear about it.
4: I I liked the pilot, but I had reservations about doing another show in Smallville. And um, I have to say, yeah, I watched the second and third in a row. And I'm finding... So that I'm a little blurring here with the second and third, but I'm finding that what I like about the show, I will echo what Libya says, is I really like the two kids. I like the twins. I like the family aspect. The weakest part of the show, honestly, is more I want to say, is this episode, is this the one where Lois's car is on fire?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And
4: then there's just some meta human that like Superman tries to beat up, but the guy's also strong. Yes, Strangely, yes. That stuff I'm not that interested in, but yes, I would agree. I, I like that they're not just making one of the kids an angsty idiot. It's like no, he really does care about his brother. And you're right, like he was supposed to be. Wait, is he
0: the quarterback? Yeah, he's not now. I mean, he has to. He's trying to be the quarterback, but they already have one one. without the
4: powers, or at least that we know of right now. Without the powers. He's trying to be – he's always been like the big football star, and now they moved to Smallville, and obviously he's not as big as he – is not as popular as he used to be. And now his brother, who has sort of powers, seems to be better. And you're right, right he's supportive, which I really like. like. Also, the other thing I like about the show is that one of the issues I think that has always – that has existed about Superman as a character is that because Superman is so overpowered – you tend to have a reliance on kryptonite. Smallville did that a lot where it's like, well, what are we going to do? Oh, I guess kryptonite is around. So now Clark is messed up for, you know, 10 minutes. Meteor rock. Um, Right. Meteor rock. So I think what I like about this is because Superman here, you know, Superman and Lois are a team and they're adults. I like that. It's not about weakening Superman's abilities it's about showing how as a dad and as a and as a husband, he's just as flawed and doesn't have all the answers as any normal person. and it really grounds him, which I really like. like I I I like that he doesn't have answers when Jordan gets mad at him and stuff. like I yeah, so no, yeah, definitely. Um, the show's definitely working. I don't know if I would say I love it as much as you it. I don't know if it's a revelation or anything, but but it's good. It's a good breath of fresh air. Even though we know Allison is not a Berlanti person, but for the Berlanti shows, you know Arrow, Supergirl, all that stuff, like uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I am definitely enjoying it.
0: All right, said well, is that enough? Now, now you can speak. Kind, Go ahead.
3: kind of. I mean, now I feel like I I I should have gone earlier because you guys said everything that I was going to say already. <laughs> so. Um... <laughs> I I I I chose poorly. My tactic was was not as good. No, um, but I will expand on a few things. I did not watch Smallville. For the record, I don't think the show is a revelation. I think Generations is more a, a sort of a revelation. Uh, I think because I didn't watch Smallville, and I'm not a huge fan of Berlanti's, um, and because this show definitely takes more of a, a grittier, real, realistic grounded in you know a lot of you know human issues and blah 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 is why I like the show so much because it's absolutely um uh you know uh, exceeded my expectations that's a cliche kind of a thing but um and certainly Libby and I had long conversations about about the brothers so I won't go you know far into it except that I will use that as a jumping point to kind of say and I can't remember exact details anymore, but I like the show so much I watch it very close to its you know, its release. And so by the time we have the – I might start like – I don't have the energy to watch it twice, but I might try to hold off and watch it closer to the podcast because I feel it deserves that amount of respect from me so that I can talk about it. But the one thing we talked about, Equalizer, is how – you know, it's trying to combine family and and you know and powers or you know whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Um, where I am incredibly surprised, I really paid attention this episode there is very little superheroing going on like very little there the set pieces of him you know they they give us um lip service a bus falling off a bridge which i find hilarious because that's so stereotypical and the show is not so i feel like it's just kind of giving us basic cliche lip service heroing, and it's just really focusing on the back end, but it's not the back end. It's, you know, it's really what goes on in a superhero's family life, and I think Superman is the perfect example to go with superhero because he has a family. So I really like that aspect of the show, and like I said, I didn't watch Smallville, so I can't, like, even be like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. I did not see this these characters. I know they were only on a little bit, uh, during I guess crisis but so I have zero exposure to these guys so I have no preconceived notions or you know uh, whatever but so but so then I'll, I'll wrap up by saying also uh, again I think visually it's really fun to watch fun is the wrong word you know what I mean but um, it's interesting to watch so I get that as well and then I will go back to the kids quote-unquote not only is the writing really like good uh, and, and kind of also, um, you know, every time here, here's how I put it. Every time I internally I'm watching and I think, oh, well, this is going to be, you know, we, we, this is what we're going to expect from this scene. They never do it. They never do it. Um, and so, and the acting really has to happen. It has, you have to, we, you, you got, we got to be given the acting from the boys. And if we don't get it, then I'm just not going to buy any of it. Um, so I'm really impressed um and for me the crux isn't it isn't just i think the best acting so far almost is coming from the 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 kids and the last thing i'll say is i think it's adorable we all know that clark kent is a goody two shoes but they're like he was wearing a mr i know i'm always about the costumes he was he was wearing he full up wears the mr rogers cardigans all the time and i love it it's a small detail that just reinforces that he's a super geek and he absolutely you know is struggling to be a parent in every normal way it has nothing to do with no that's not true of course his superpowers influences some difficulties he has with being a parent but even the the I think it was episode two where but, they but find can out you can he, you wrap up can you we need you
0: to wrap up yeah, I Please, will.
3: please please I will the, the scene that where he um you know they find out that he's eavesdropping on their conversations is a classic you know, it's a twist on the classic like parents looking at their phones or parents looking through their drawers or, you know, whatever. So so I, I really like the blend they're doing. I really like it. All right. Uh, Tom, go ahead.
1: Um, one of the things I really like about this, and I had reservations about set, them setting it in Smallville, but after watching the pilot and realizing Berlanti himself co-wrote the script, it's Everwood. <laughs> I mean, oh, and, nice. And Gregory Smith who played Ephraim on Everwood is directed this episode and is one of their house directors and a producer on the show. Really? So I think if you're going to steal from something that's worked before, do steal from your first show that, that launched your career, which
0: that's that's what it did. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Bob Hart's Abishola and this week's episode, um, was was it goes back to form a bit but it also deals with Abishola not being able to talk to her son and not understanding that how she behaves now will affect her relationship with her son later in life and they had some they had the Bob's mom talk to her about it and they had some really good moments and I got where her fear came from. I got her analysis, and then I got the end. Everything worked, and it really helped solidify her relationship with Bob Moore and his family. And I like that his his siblings were considering themselves uh, Abishola's sons, uncle oh. and aunt, and everything. And it's like it's uncle. all fun. yes, fun. uncle, yeah, and <laughs> it just all kind of came together. I really, I really enjoyed that.
1: I haven't, I haven't watched the show since season one, but man what a great cast and it's interesting to yeah. see the pilot was a little uneven and a little, little pilots are hard pilots are hard sure. but this cast is a well-oiled machine it's fascinating to see um to see something different coming from the same the same producer who did big bang theory and young sheldon and whatnot because it's part of that stable i'm blanking on his on uber producer's name but man I I thought it had a great message. The cast has great chemistry. It wasn't condescending. I I mean, the the, the racial, the intercultural stuff played just right, with nobody having really superiority over. You know, just a lot of fun. I think the key is that. um, And I read an. I saw an interview with uh, the woman who plays the best. The actor who plays the best friend, that. um, That um, why can't I think of the showrunner's name? He recruited her. He initially went to her just as a consultant and then realized I wanted to help me create this show and then cast her as one of the parts. And so it has some authenticity. And Barry Shabaka Henley is hysterical and he almost always plays dramas as the uncle. Oh right, Yeah, yeah, yeah he's hysterical
0: so I, I like the was... dance at the end, the dance was great oh, the dance oh my was
3: God. adorable <laughs> the relationship between Bob and her, uh, her uncle is so adorable and they they, 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 they introduced the, the bonding early on and they've just run with it and it's so cute and the, the repartee and all that stuff I want to jump on something that, that Tom said, because we haven't talked about it in terms of, we haven't talked a lot at all about the, uh, the race issue, I mean, it's not like they don't cool. deal with it, you know. But you know, he in this scene, in this episode, and the one before, you know, they really avoid really well the kind of white savior complex kind or the white savior kind of you know trope of, um, you know, her going to him and then him sort of just kind of solving everything as the like you know American, you know, well this is how we do it in America and this is how we raise our kids. He's so respectful of how, of their culture, you know, and allowing her, just trying it. he truly says it all the time. I just want to be helpful. I just want to be helpful. And then when she kind of, you know what I mean? And then when she, in a very funny way, is like, you're not helping or you're not helping the way that I need. He's like, okay, cool. Okay, yeah. I'll be out with your uncle dancing, you know, uh, you know, kind of a thing. I mean, so that's a great aspect of the show. And then I will just finish by saying, because Tom, you, you nailed it with the characters. And because you skip the middle season you will see the progression of how more the comf- more comfortable they get the chemistry bo- growing them really get getting comfortable in their roles i know that libby and i talked about uh, the siblings being disposable and us being like but i really feel like they found their groove as well so absolutely well-oiled machine and the last thing i will say is specifically to this episode um i was It it, you know seasons can be uneven and I won't go so far as saying that it was uneven but they definitely have gone back. This episode was everything that I love about the show. The couple's relationship, his relationship with the uncle. They even did that thing I thought of you, Allison, where you're like, oh, it's a Liz-free episode. It was like a it was like a the real father's you know episode you know episode-free. Like they they he he wasn't much of a factor. I don't like him not. As the actor, but just him in the show. Yeah, so the he's he pretty was evil. Character. Like, yeah, I just don't like his energy. I don't. I get it. You need a bad guy in this situation. It's it's definitely part of the plot. But anyway, so just to finish. Um, it, it really did kind of come back and it does, abs- and they even had the cafeteria scene, you know, where the three you know sit and gossip, so yeah, it's just a fun show, and I feel like it's really at its apex, you know, season three can, it, a show can decline or it can just kind of be like easy sailing where they it's just well-oiled and they know what they're doing, so it's a fun show, and for people who thought, well, it's too far in, you know, three seasons in you know, be like Tom, you know <laughs> like jump back in or start it, it's fun. All right,
0: let's, let's, uh, thumbs, obviously thumbs up, but let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about young Sheldon, and this episode was pretty, I don't want to say simple, but it was pretty straightforward, where you had one storyline where Sheldon is trying to figure out what club he wants to join, because his mom tells him he needs to have friends, and... Because he's basically b- bothering the dean too much. And the dean is like, yeah, we're not friends. You're, you're my student. That, that's not the same thing. And so he tries to, to, to find friends and is not really successful because it's Sheldon. Um, so that was kind of amusing. But I have to say the story with the Meemaw was not that interesting at all. I was bored. Tom, do you have a different? You disagree? Agree? What, what's? What do you think? No, I mean it, it wasn't
1: revolutionary. It was you know just kind of standard. Uh, I mean, I do, I do enjoy. Why am I blanking on her name? I, 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 do enjoy, I, I do enjoy Annie Potts, and and uh, Reba McIntyre is fine, but the show's called Young Show. And I, it was it was kind of off family, because yeah. I would have preferred something dealing more with the immediate family. Although, there was a Will Wheaton shout-out, which was kind of funny. What
0: was a Will Wheaton shout-out? I don't remember.
1: Where she, where, uh, Sheldon's watching Next Generation and tells Missy, Will Wheaton's in it, you'd like him. And then she's like, not that much.
4: <laughs>
1: but wow. Will, Will, Will Wheaton actually posted on Facebook about it, which was kind of funny, so...
0: All right. Well, I mean, the episode was meh. It was all right. It, I was, mean, it was solid, but yeah, not, you know, not, 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 not my
1: favorite episode of the season.
0: Agreed. No, let's, move, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Legacies. And this is the first episode where I haven't worked on the show at all. I knew nothing. No NDAs whatsoever involved in this show. So I can talk about it because I don't know any scripts for, further. I don't know anything. I'm just a regular audience member. It's different and weird, and I don't know if I like that. But, uh, it was a fun episode. It was, it was very much, it felt like the season premiere, actually, because what you got to remember is the first four episodes were from last season, and then episode five was the first one that was written for this season, but they were still trying to wrap stuff up from last, and this was the first episode that felt like, oh, this is the premiere of a new season. Um... And the idea of the school being in trouble is not new. Uh, All the students deciding to not come back is kind of new. And I did like having all these students that they brought in and they're giving the tours to. And then some of them are like, nope, the school is not for me. It's not cool enough. Doesn't have enough people, whatever. And then they're finally like, we just need two. We just need two. So, like, all of that was fun. Uh, The stuff with Lizzie was... Pretty boring. I, I might have fallen asleep. I'm not sure. But all the stuff with the school was, was good. And I have to say, when Landon is not with Hope, he's good. Like, his story was good. So, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Anybody else? Thoughts? Go well, ahead.
2: He, he actually got to do something proactive, which is different from him. He got called on the fact that he's he's just you know the 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 damsel in distress. in distress yeah yes. he's just the that dude's
1: still in distress
2: <laughs> the dude's still in distress oh. <laughs> and and he he got he got tired of that and actually did something you know that that warranted his existing um, <laughs> oh wow and, st- and seriously he's just been taking up space for as far as I'm concerned for this this period of time of course now he's just gone from like one part of this this alternate universe to another part of this alternate universe. He didn't actually get back home yet. But um and I they need to wrap that up because that's gonna get old fast, especially if we if we really have left um the necromancer behind, which I'm doubtful about. But uh you Well know. you can and be it, killed in the um
0: in the what do you call it, the prison world. worlds, but then the prison next world. day you're alive again. Yeah. So he could have killed
3: them but I don't want to say goodbye to him. He's shout out to him. He is just eating up the every scene he's in. You can tell that he's so happy to play the role. Mm -hmm. He I mean, he is fun. He is fun to watch.
2: Are we are we talking the necromancer? The necromancer. I mean I I don't think that they they, I don't wanna see him as the big bad every season because that would just get incredibly tiresome. I think if they found another role for him where he's he like he he doesn't want to help them, but he has to for some reason. So you know he becomes sort of an ally, and and you know even if an unwilling one, um, that would be a better place to have him because then you can still keep him on the show, and he's still interesting and he's fun. But you don't you could go on to other big bads, which um, I'd like I'm, to I'd like to kind of see.
1: I'm not a necromancer fan. He just oh, ton, tonally it just seems like. The show, uh, this actually has some of the better acting from from of the CW teenish actors, and the Necromancer just sticks out like a sore thumb. And the season where he, I guess that was last season where he was the big bad, I didn't buy a lot of it. I I buy him more as a recurring, you know, pain in the butt, kind of like a hairy mud type. But building a whole big bad thing around him, for me, a little goes a long way. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, like I, I said, I, I don't, don't want to that, see I him as the big that. bad. I don't want to see him as the big bad perpetually. Yeah, I'd like to see another role for him, but I'd like to see him on the show because I just find him hugely entertaining.
3: Yeah, and and I think that's what they're doing, Alison. I think you have nailed it. I because you know they already fake or killed him or didn't kill him or whatever. Um, I think that is where his his his. Um, he, he will be best served, so I'm 100% on board with you, and he isn't as interesting or menacing as, you know, I think his very, very first, his first go-around as the big bad um, was was fine, but after that, absolutely, Tom, you know what I mean? It wasn't that interesting, um, you know, but that's what I mean by this episode. I, I think the show in, 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 in general, sorry, the episode was really funny, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the desperation of Alaric, tying down someone who's trying to kill him and then still show him a pamphlet. Can <laughs> sure. I still get you to come to the school, even though you want to kill me? I mean, that was his just absolute commitment to trying to find someone. And, you know, that scene where they're all talking through their teeth and, you know, just uh, I thought that was all great. I was less, I enjoyed less um, hope just kind of being you know so miserable and and so irresponsible with her powers and you know and i get it but I, I said this to libby the other day um but i get it especially narratively because it's her little mini journey of her kind of coming out of it and i thought that the clearly the student there the two students they're keeping the uh, the new actress i have no idea what her name is i've never seen her in anything um i like i like her a lot like, yeah i do yeah it's the yeah. It's black girl or the white girl The the black black ones. The The black black girl. Yeah. The the black girl. The the white girl was annoying, but she's supposed to be. You know, she's that annoying kid sister. E role. That's fine. Um, No, but she she played the 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 touching scenes like you know perfectly. The notes were great, and then it allowed Hope to kind of it gave them an excuse to kind of bring her back you know and and that scene where she basically says something i don't remember but the new character says something like oh i don't have family or i don't have this or that and then hope reaches for her and says you do now you know what i mean and like <laughs> I, thought was I thought that was sweet i bought it you know and then you know and hope can kind of come back into the fold so it was equal parts like outrageous you know and hilarious and and I'll end by just saying that Allison I could not agree with you more about the landing and if and if you and if the viewers weren't aware of that you know, that that's where they were going. They even had him do his little monologue about, I refuse to wait to be saved, you know? (laughs) know, Marches off into the darkness of the prison world, you know? And I was like, you go, Landon, you know? So it was a fun episode. And as the season premiere, it would have been great. All right. I just want to
2: say one more thing oh. because, you know, I was confused with the whole, you know, why are they why are they abandoning this place now? I mean, there have been all kinds of things <laughs> happening. And then I realized actually it was kind of brilliant because I I realized the whole, whole reason they were doing it was COVID. They they can't do these scenes with like a billion people, you know, oh. all packed together in a room. It's uh-huh. it would just be too hard to organize and and you know check everybody and make sure everybody's taking their tests sure. and now they have an excuse for showing these big empty rooms with like two people sitting <laughs> in. It. And, very and good point. I, I
0: didn't it. even think about that. That's that's yeah. nice. So, so so
2: kudos to them for coming up with with a reason to to actually handle this. I thought that I thought that was kind of smart.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap this up. So we're saying thumbs up. Yay! Yep, yep. Uh, next up, I'm gonna talk about Clarice for a second, and I know you guys watched the pilot and all tapped out. And I said I was gonna keep, I was gonna keep watching and and report back. And mainly, I did it because I really like oh what's the actor's name played uh,
1: Michael Cutlist Abraham Michael
0: Cutlass, actor, Abraham. I was like Abraham from Walking Dead. I like him a lot, and. I knew back. that uh, I knew that they were making him kind of a bad guy in the first couple episodes cuz he's just like this this just kind of chauvinistic uh overbearing boss that that's asking her to lie and he's just not a good guy and all this other stuff. But if you keep and I knew they were going to flip it cuz this is the kind of show where you have to have the character development to have them all on the same team. And I was like I'm just going to keep watching until it happens. And it was basically episode 3 or 4 Where the team does, I can't remember what they did, but they get investigated as a team to be, and there's some guy that's trying to shut their department down. And so the team has to work together to avoid these charges. And then the boss ends up like basically throwing himself on the grenade and is willing to let his career, you know, be over Uh, To save everyone else, and they all really pull together, and blah blah blah, and you really, and then he has a really great conversation with Clarice where she was like, "Well, you were mad because I solved the case with the serial killer before you, and you were on the team, and I did this, and that's why you're so angry because I'm a woman," and blah 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 blah, and he basically just straight up tells her like, "No, that has nothing to do with why I was angry." He said, "I was angry because." You were a rookie, a new recruit, you didn't have a lot of experience, you went off on your own, you didn't call for backup, you didn't let anybody know where you were, and he was like, you could have endangered several officers as we tried to look for you, you could have gotten them killed, because you didn't follow, procedures. like, the procedure's there for a reason, and... He was like, you know, so he gave his whole spiel about why he was really angry with her. And I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. And he was like, I "I didn't care that you found the killer first. That wasn't the issue. Um, He was like, you endangered yourself and you endangered others. He was like, that was his issue. And, And then right on the heels of him saying that to her, she goes off on her own to investigate something and immediately is kidnapped. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Which I was just like, I just started laughing. Um, but now they've given the characters enough character development. All everybody on the team has now had enough character development that you like everybody on the team. Clarice not as much, and the her her psychiatrist who was totally like against her and was like sabotaging her and doing all these mind tricks with her. She like calls him on it fires him and says you know what i know i need to get a psychiatrist to talk through my issues you're right i 100 percent have issues and i need help but she was like but you're not the one to give it to me and i was like yay so all of that stuff it's like all the little other than her accent which apparently we're not going to fix anytime soon everything else i think works a lot better and Can i ask a question go ahead i
4: saw the opening of the new episode of clarice because i was curious and it looked like, yes, she had been basically drugged by, is that a female serial killer? Or is she just not? So it's basically she wakes up in like a psych ward. And this woman who's obviously evil is like, ma ha, like your agents are coming. Um, is she the, was that
0: a murder? Was that basically the big murderer? Well, it's not the big, she started investigating a new case. So it's not like, they don't have a big murderer for the season. That's not really what they're doing. But like, I guess my question was, like, once she
4: realizes that Clarice didn't call for backup, why wouldn't she just kill Clarice? I was like, because then she drugs her to, like, put her back to sleep. And I was like, wait, why wouldn't she just kill her if she knows no one's going to come looking for her? Well, I mean, it depends on
0: what kind of serial killer. Some serial killers like to play with their food first, so I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. So. Ah, that's a good point. I mean, it seemed good. I I
4: didn't mind. I liked her trying to like. I liked how you and I just had a conversation about how people use pop songs in uh, off podcast pop needle drops. And this one, ah, shoot, I forgot what it is, but basically, the janitor is listening to a mu- music, a song, and so he can't hear her because she's like, "Hello, help me, help me!" And he's listening to some like pop song or something. And I thought that was pretty effective.
0: Nice. So there you I mean, it's better it's definitely better than the pilot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it seemed better than the it seemed better than the pilot. I guess I'm just
4: still not warmed up to her.
0: well, I mean, you it seems like you skipped several episodes, so That's I, yeah but uh, my,
4: and... my opinion is just as valid, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely kidding. Uh, but uh yeah, it seemed okay, like I said, I'll probably finish the episode, so um but and I do like Abraham, yeah. I do, yeah, I mean, like now the like, that they've developed him, yeah, I love Silence and the Lambs, you know. All right. So, all
0: right, Tom, you look if you have a comment, go ahead, Tom.
1: I was just gonna say Michael Cudlitz,
0: <laughs>
4: right? Sorry,
0: <laughs> he will be Abraham for me forever. <laughs> but all right, uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about Generation, which is a new show on HBO Max. And since I have an NDA that says I cannot talk about this show whatsoever. I will be putting. I will be walking away from the microphone, and you guys can talk. You have five minutes, and then I will come back and shut it down. All right. well I really. Need the episode in five minutes. Go for it. Go. Well, I always okay. I've only seen the pilot. Um, I
4: really liked it. Um, I, I I'm, I am a fan of teen shows in general. But one of the things that I think that is interesting is when you see how each generation handles. Uh, teenagers, you know, angst and coming of age tales and stuff. And I am a Gen Xer, and one of the things that I've liked about, I guess, someone like Billy Eilish, and I can't think of somebody else, but like people who are we now seen as representative of Generation Z is there's a lot of similarities, just like how Baby Boomers and Millennials are kind of similar, which is probably why they hate each other. Um, Gen uh. Z, Gen Z, and Gen and Gen X are more chill, I guess, as generations. So this show, Generation, which is, you know, Gen Z, has a very, has it has a quality about it where I watched it and I was like, this is exactly what it was like when I was in high school. But obviously I did not live in a world that was as progressive with, you know, a gender identity and things like that. So obviously it's more 2021, but I very much
3: related
4: That's to really- the- characters more than i do in the last 10 years when i've watched uh, teenager shows um and i really love is it justice smith is that his name yes he's yes. terrific um i you know i love the clothes i love the mute great use of a jesse ware song i love that they don't speaking of needle drops they didn't use Billie eilish they didn't use the obvious gen z they actually used someone like jesse ware and i was like oh that's a really good that's a good cut like yes they absolutely would listen to that music but it's not obvious like um it's it's a pilot where you basically are meeting the characters where it's like i feel like it's four characters and you're um you're basically seeing it from their points of view in the first half hour i'm wondering is that every episode does that make sense is every episode start with tom no go back to peter is it oh it's not that no Okay, so I really, I'm a big fan. I can't wait to see the next two. So, what did you guys? I
3: would love to jump in there because uh, Peter. Wow, I never made that connection, and it's a that is revelation for me. Wait, what is? I am. I'm about to tell you. I am dead. Center uh, Generation X In fact I read the book in which The ti- which the moniker is From I read Gen X I think it's Douglas Copeland um, So I am right dead in there and I never never occurred to me Except I know you guys are going to roll your Eyeballs except now it all makes Sense um, in one scene, there's a girl wearing a sweater, and it was not purposely retro. The clothing is not supposed to be retro. It doesn't make the point that Gen Zers are dressing like Gen Xers. But there was a, a classroom scene where they focused on the one character, and I literally was like, I totally had that sweater. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> th- I was like, that is t- not in my closet anymore. But I was like, and I had the very fleeting thought of like, like, are they going back? Like, you know, has clothing? Because I'm not super in touch with the teens of this this generation. I was like, is that is this a thing? Or is everyone dressing retro, which they are not? And so I do not know if that was some sort of a super deep cut, you know, like a subtle reference. But you no, know, that's a great point. And and I I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pre. You say what Allison's probably going to say is, and you guys know I'm very vocal about really not really being super interested in teen stuff and, and teen actors. And so I will go, I will talk about how great all the actors are, how authentic they feel. None of them are particularly, you know, I don't think they're all, they're all newcomers or people we don't know. Um, and that the number, the first episode you're, what you're referring to that kind of Rashomon episode, Libya's, um, you know, should get real props because the editing in the premiere, where they just give us the same, you know, 10 minutes, uh, you know, from four people's uh, point of view, was fantastic. Uh, art, you know, artistically speaking, cinematically, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The acting was great. Um, I love the look of it. The, it, To me, it reminds me very much of Soderbergh, which is a little documentary, kind of realistic style. Um, and then the last thing I will say is... It, it is hypersexual, and I am not criticizing it. You know what I mean? I happen to be, I related to so many of the characters on individual levels. It was I joke about it on our, our text chain about it being triggering, but there were so many moments that were almost pulled from my teenage experience. So it was a really interesting watch for me. But, but the thing is, yes, there was a lot of sex going on, you know, even in Gen X, especially in Gen X, because we were all the we were the first generation of latchkey kids. You know, the, our moms were working. Divorce was incredibly high. So we were very unsupervised. So there was a lot going on. But the show itself, I, I was a bit taken aback. You know, even in the bathroom, in the uh, locker room scene, we saw what is essentially teenage absolute nakedness there was full frontal nudity there was like half a dozen bums I found that a little disturbing and not because it was sexualized in any way but it is a really gritty real you know kind of take on teenagehood and 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 for me a lot of the Situations could have absolutely been adult situations, and it made me a little sad to believe to think that wow, this is really what kids, th- th- you know, of this age and this generation are dealing with. It's a lot, but they, it's a great. They did a great job. Tom, I think you saw it right.
1: I did. I loved it. Uh, I am at the tail end of the baby boom, <laughs> so uh, like Allison is also a baby boom. We don't mean to out you, Allison, but, um, <laughs> but, but I, but I that's st- okay,
2: you've blown my cover before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I still I still appreciate Generation for what it is. I really dug this compared to Euphoria, which is another HBO show, but that's, instead of an ensemble cast, Euphoria centers on Zendaya, who's amazing, but I just didn't know who I'm supposed to root for because so many characters in that show were unlikable. Whereas in this show, I like the cast, I like the characters, I'm invested in their, I'm invested in their lives and I want to know what happens. And, uh, and it's funny. Oh my gosh. really, Really funny. Yeah. I mean, off color sexual humor, but it's well done.
4: Yeah. I mean, like, I know we have to wrap up, but I will say that I enjoyed the first season of euphoria But, I mean, traditionally, the the criticism with Euphoria is that, you know, Euphoria is whether with the best of intentions or not. uh, Sam Levinson is a, you know, he's a middle-aged white guy writing about Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And this show, I think it's like a father-daughter, but, like, the daughter actually is a teenager, and she co-wrote the show or co-created the show. So there is a... Better feeling of maybe authenticity with that because it's like well you literally have a writer who actually is of the age of these
1: characters I, i'm getting confirmation from a source that that is indeed true
4: yeah but so yeah that i helps.
1: just and, and i might have no doubt i've been teaching college for 22 years i have no doubt now no doubt that my students have uh active sexual sex lives despite That's the cool fact you That's know we cool go work. to say what
3: I just said, of course, yeah. I mean, I may mention that in Gen Gen X, we were doing a little bit less than they are, but there was lots of sex well, going we also on. had
4: the AIDS crisis, so, hey, I
1: mean. Hate to break it to you, <laughs> that was going on in uh, the Baby Boom Regeneration too.
0: Uh, exactly. Guys, guys, so we're saying thumbs up? I have no idea what I'll you said. Up. Uh, yeah, good. Yes. Thumbs, thumbs another body elbows, part elbows,
3: up. every appendage I got.
0: <laughs> All righty, then. I like hearing that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Next up, uh, we're going to talk Resident Alien. And this was probably my favorite episode other than the pilot because it it hit a lot of really good points and it was really funny. And
2: uh, who here recognized the voice of the octopus? I did not recognize, I kept listening to it going, I know that voice, I know that voice, I should know who that is, and then I found out what it was later, and it's like, oh,
3: come on! Of
2: course! <laughs> for those who did not guess, it is
0: uh, Nathan Fillion uh, who did the voice, I immediately recognized it, because one, I know that the two of them are like best friends, so yeah. I'm used to thinking of Which them. Which is why
2: I felt stupid for not figuring it out, so, <laughs> like, of course he did!
0: So, I thought that the that was a, one that was a hilarious conversation just on its oh, own okay. so that was that was pretty great, and him being high, the alien being high for half the episode was also oh, hilarious. Go ahead, Houston awesome. what do you say?
3: Oh, I know I was just I was just backing up. Yeah, it was so fun, and you know a lot of times we've seen people stoned so many times, especially like their first high, whatever um but adding the whole you know familiarity of what it's like to be high whether or not you've actually been high we all know what it's supposed to look like um adding the factor that he's an alien was just so fun and then i, I won't talk a lot about it cuz i think you guys will hit all the stuff uh you guys know i'm a huge fan um but for me the the kid that i always complain about he's definitely come around i love where they went with it they're you know they're working together i don't know that they're friends but um, him being, them being, you know, antagonistic towards each other was going to get old quickly. So, And I just want to talk about the humor, humor, humor. The scene where he is eating chips, you know, in bed with him, you know. And the acting and the writing. When he kept saying, could you tell your mom to add popcorn to the shopping <laughs> list? Like, he kept saying it. And I was like, oh, God, that's so funny. I mean, I know it's such a small Small scene, but um, yeah, that the. the, the- the comedy cannot be beat uh, in terms of you know it just does it well so it does what it wants to do really well um i'm glad they got rid of the wife i was not interested except for you know his discovery of sexuality and his his actual sex parts and stuff you know that little journey is fine so the wife did serve a purpose while she was on there but i think the show was smart and they were like well we don't really need her for anything else now relationship stuff sex stuff we'll move her off the show um and then the last thing i will say is i love because It was frustrating to watch. I understand why they did it. I love that the deputy stood up for herself finally. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she needed to. And in fact, I said to Libya, I wish she had gone farther. I wish she had. Uh, you know further I you know I wish she had said you know I you know I tripped the dude like you know what I mean and I solved the whole you know uh, insulin or whatever you, like you know so I am invested in this character because I was like that's right you tell him you know like, no, he, he was you, you know so clearly I care about the characters Allison your thoughts
2: yeah, well I you know, pretty much this the same sort of stuff. I, I what I, I really love the, the changing relationship between him and the kid. Um it's clear that even though they there's there's still like angstiness between the two of them, I mean it's like when he's when he's sitting in his bed eating chips and he's he he after going through this whole long conversation, his last words to him is I peed in your bed. And he's like, <laughs> what?
3: What? Yeah.
2: And just because um, but the kid clearly has gone from being terrified of him to wanting to get him to, to now caring enough about him that he's he, he is terrified. He's gonna get killed by being on the glacier and warns um, people to to stop him and, and and you know save his life. So that's I mean we've gone we've gone really you know, a complete 180 with that with, with the relationship and I like where that's going. Um, as far as the the wife leaving, I think, Part of the reason that they left was that he's, he you know, it's one of those, I've, I've become accustomed to your face, or at least your cooking. Um, and she, she, when she left, you know, he sat down and actually felt something about it. You know, it was, it was, it was like he, he, he wasn't sure how to really translate it. It was, you know, he thought of it as more hungry than anything else, but clearly he was processing it as a loss. And and the, the proof of that is how he tries to get drunk later on, and the conversation between himself and the dead version of Harry um, in his nightmare was absolutely that was so priceless. bizarre. It was bizarre beyond and and I love the fake out where you think he wakes up again; it's like you're still sleeping. <laughs> uh, and I actually kind of jumped in my seat when that happened. Um, so kudos to them for doing doing that just just everything that you brought up before you know normally i don't care at all about the the subsidiary characters but i did really cheer for the deputy when she finally couldn't take it anymore and stood up for herself and i love the whole scene too when they're chasing through the hallways and she just kind of shrugs and turns around and just walks very slowly through what she knows is is the the shortcut and and actually effectively gets the bad guy. Just just her complete lack of of not of caring oh, at all. No yeah. urgency whatsoever. She's just slumping along because she knows what she's doing. You right. know, she's just completely capable. And and I, I loved that. I thought that was that was really well done. And yeah. considering like I said, I really didn't care about the, the other characters, I actually got invested, you know, through through those scenes. So Good for them. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they get out of the next situation now that they've all managed to fallen fall into the, the glacier. glacier. Yeah. Well,
0: well, at least the I government agency they, is coming for them now.
2: Yes, yes.
3: Oh, very right. Much There's so. that aspect, too. But I just want to say this because I keep going on and about how they all these subtle details and the quality of the show and, you know, this and that. I don't know if you noticed this, Allison, or whoever else watched the show, but when they went to black and rolled credits, the 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 Native sound was still on. So it was like... Some like just a, this, these small details, where like you know they had fallen into the crevice and they were trapped in darkness. So you know the credits you know go black, but you can still hear the um in the sound of the environment of the not quite breathing, but like I and I just thought that's like cinematic level thinking. Like it was just one extra, you know, thinking to the show, and I thought they just they just throw in these little nuggets, and I'm like I love it. It's creative. It's you know specific and. I, I really, I actually rewound because I was like, "Are they still playing the like sound?" And yeah. they were. And I thought, "Wow, what a small little nice touch." It's a, it's a really nice, great, it's a really great show. I don't know if it's underrated. I don't know if anyone's watching it, but us. Yeah, I don't know what the I ratings really, are. Yeah, more people need to watch it.
2: It's All a right. better show than it has any right to be. It really is. That it's, is probably and I hope it true. survives for a new season. All right. Well, we're saying thumbs
0: up. Yeah. Uh. Next yeah. up. We're going to talk about For All Mankind, which premiere was it two weeks ago, Tom?
1: Uh, this was episode four, so three weeks ago.
0: Oh, so they only dropped the first two then? The first? No, they,
1: they, they're only dropping them one at a time.
0: Even though the premiere, they only dropped one?
1: Even the premiere, they only dropped one at a time. Well,
0: I am behind. I've only seen the premiere because I didn't realize. I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up. But what I didn't realize is I hadn't finished season one. And so I had to watch like three episodes of season one, and then I watched the premiere of season two. And so I was I was doing I was a fall mankind kind of night for me last night, but it was good. I was like, you know, that was that was really really great. And the open of the first the premiere episode is really that montage is fantastic because it basically lets you know we're going from where season one ended, which ends in seventy four. I want to say, and then we basically fast forward about 10 years. So we're like right in the middle of the Cold War and uh, Ronald Reagan is running for president and Kennedy is terrified that he's going to lose because we're with Bobby Kennedy in our alternate timeline. Teddy Kennedy. Teddy. Oh, yep. Sorry. Whichever. I don't know. You're right. (laughs) Teddy uh so he's terrified he's gonna lose re-election wait he's already wait has he served he served two terms already right kennedy yeah in the alternate timeline hasn't he served two terms
1: no chappaquiddick doesn't happen right so but he's he he runs against he runs against reagan and loses the first time um Oh jeez. I I can't remember the pre. I mean, they've they've altered the presidential timeline some, but the big thing is that Chappaquiddick doesn't happen. So, so that
0: so he becomes he's, president, and he's so he's a pre- right.
1: I I don't think he's president. I, yes, I he think is.
0: If the in in season one, he's president. Uh, you know, and I and have, if you watch and if you watch the timeline, he he's run twice because they they go ten years, and so he's been president twice. Okay, are. Anyway, that's not important. Let's talk about the astronauts. Uh which is uh the big thing is they're all sitting on the on the moon. There's a they have a full full on base now. So it's got and it's got like I think we have James like ten Town. yeah, it's the James Town, so they have like fourteen, fifteen astronauts that are all based there at the same time, and they all go out to go see the sunrise, which is great, except there's a huge solar flare that's about to hit them with some really hard radiation. And I was like, I kind of remember this solar flare. Because I remember I, there was a really big solar flare that knocked everything out in the 80s. I, I vaguely remember that. Is that right? Am I crazy?
1: No, that that, that solar flare is is for real.
0: Right, because that, I remember that. it knocking out all kinds of stuff. But uh, what was cool about it is is you see the military response to it? They go to DEFCON three because the they were like, well, our satellites are going to go down. We won't be able to see the Russians. And they're like, they were like, well, their satellites will go down too. And they're like, oh my God, their satellites are going to go down. DEFCON three. And I was like, what? So it was it was just really good, just seeing all the political stuff. And then when you know that that radiation is coming, they have to send like an urgent message to the moon and be like, everybody has to get under cover. Uh, because they were like, everyone on earth will be fine. The atmosphere will protect us, but everybody on the moon and on the, in the space stations are going to be screwed. And so they all have to, you know, get undercover. And two of our people did not quite, well, one made it and one did not. And then Molly make me so mad. Why Molly? I don't know that
1: dude. I don't care. She's driven. Um, I just double-checked what the chronology of the show. Uh, Kennedy beats Nixon in 72, loses to Reagan in 76, and I think Reagan wins in 80, But Ken- and Kennedy's running again in 84. Because they refer to that in episode four, about okay. Kennedy running again. But um, the thing is, what was crazy is Molly takes off her radiation thing, so basically she's going to develop cancer. Yeah. At some point. And she is stubborn and fighting to stay as active as possible. So she won't let anybody.
0: Cause I was personally like, why did she take it off? And I realized she doesn't want anybody to know, but I was like, yep. dude, if you get radiation from well, to be fair, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, um, there's nothing. you can, nothing there's you can nothing. do about it. But I mean, the fact that she's trying to keep it secret, how is she going to explain this dude knocked himself out and managed to get into the hole? Like, but I mean don't tell me because I haven't seen it, so I don't really want to know. Say, that was I know more than you. <laughs> I know. It's like don't tell me
1: There, there, there are repercussions, that's all I'll say.
0: Of um, course there are, but I was just mad at her. I was like, first of all, that dude could already be dead. And by the time she realized where he was, the hard radiation was already coming down. And I was like, What are you doing? Like I ah, oh. I was so mad at her. Mainly because I like her and I didn't know the new guy. So I was like, screw that dude. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know who this dude is. And Molly is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I was not happy. I mean, I get it. She's being heroic. But he was already dead. It was like he's sitting... Not not
1: dead yet.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, he just... He was sitting out there in the middle of hard radiation. He was already screwed. So her going out to get him... She didn't save his life. You know what I'm saying? She didn't save his life,
1: but she's a team player. I can't say. I, I
0: know what's going to happen. So. <laughs> I was just frustrated with her because I was like, that dude's dead. Like I was like, he's sitting out there getting hit with all this hard radiation. He's dead. He's done. Why are you now going to run out there and bring him to safety? He's already screwed. Anyway, because at first I thought they were going to be like, she's got five minutes to go save him. And that was not the case. It was like the radiation was already coming down and she made the decision to go get him. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. But the show's been the last. I wish that we had talked about the finale. I think we did, but I hadn't caught up when we talked about the finale season one. But now that I've seen it, holy crap! It was amazing. It was a really good finale. So, I just hopefully (laughs) I know it's been so long for you. Hopefully, I by next week I will be caught up.
1: Make like a tomato and catch up.
0: Thank you. But uh, you do you have any thoughts? Because I've been the one only one talking about. No,
1: I I know too much. It's good. I mean, I really like this show. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this before. What's fascinating is. The show reaches the same conclusion as my television history textbook that had we lost the moon race, we would still have a viable sp- space program. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Because in real life, oh, we got there first,
0: we're done. <laughs> yeah. But then the Russians didn't keep going either, though.
1: Yeah, well, because we had that twisted, well, if they're not going to do it, we're not
0: going to do it either. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yes, if you're not watching for all mankind, jump on it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous show. It's beautiful sci-fi. Second best
1: Apple TV Plus.
0: Oh yeah, Ted Lasso is probably first, and then this is second. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, Uh, and the acting is so good. Like everybody. Oh, but this is season. This is season one. Um, the there's that moment where the woman who's in charge of operations, she's always eating her titsy Rolls, in season one, there's that moment where they have to decide whether to send the ship back or try to rescue Molly, who's free-falling in the atmosphere. And she makes the logistical call, which is better to save two astronauts than risk the two astronauts to save the one, because based on the math, it looked like they weren't going to be able to save it. And... Okay. That was that wasn't Molly. That was the dude. No, no, I, no, no, no. I'm talking about the woman that's in charge of the operation room. She gives all the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she I mean, made Mar- the yeah. Mar- yeah, Margot made the call to leave Molly out there and uh, and to abandon the rescue. And the whole operations room kind of like rebelled and was like, "No, we're going to try to save her." And. They did some craziness and they did it, and it was actually pretty cool. But her guilt like, she is so afraid of screwing up, it makes her screw up, you know what well, I mean?
1: Because, because she's you know, as a woman in a very high position of power, she's a flagship.
0: Oh, yeah, I understand that, but she's, her she's anxi- and right. I, I get it, but her anxiety of not screwing up is so high that I think she is genuinely screwed, like, she didn't help the girl. Because she, I was like, "What's the big deal of giving her a, a place to sleep? It's not she's not asking you to, you know, read her bedtime story. She's in high school. She just needs a place to crash." And she was like, "I have too many responsibilities." And I was like, "She didn't even stay in her own house. She sleeps at work. She wouldn't even know the girl was there." I was just really frustrated by that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Margot is not. I mean, I get what there's, she's trying to do. She's not my favorite though.
1: There's less of that in season two.
0: Okay. All right. So let's wrap that up. Thumbs up for me for, for all mankind. Hopefully more of us will be caught up by the time we do the next podcast. All right. So if you have any questions or comments, send them to Gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on sci-fi.radio, WeNapolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. There. Bye.